Hey there, this is Jake J. Thomas, and this is the Dialogic Podcast. It's Thursday morning, July 19th, 2018. I'm checking in here in foggy Santa Cruz, California. The June gloom is still with us, even though we're more than halfway through July. But we're sure to get some nice hot days here soon. Coming up to... uh, the end of July, beginning of August. This is my birthday season. It's always a time of year that I like and I also don't like at the same time. It's one of those little stretches where it's always a little bit challenging. Why that is, I don't know. It just is something about the summertime. People get into a certain rhythm. There's a certain cadence of activity people start to get lazy they start to forget about their real lives they think that the summer is reality and next thing you know nobody's talking to anybody everybody's strung out on summer love and that's okay you know it's nothing wrong with them it's just the way it is the world moves the climates change people respond and their attitudes and the way they look and the way they think, the way they dress. It's part of what makes our world so interesting and beautiful. Uh, Now, I actually recorded this episode yesterday, but it got erased, so I'm trying a different setup today, but yesterday it got a little bit weird too, so I'm trying a slightly different approach because I want you guys to be able to follow me if you so choose. Now, why would you want to follow me? Well, food for thought. If I can do it, you can do it. There's plenty of reasons. But mainly it's because I'm thinking about the things that are important to you and your business and how to get more business and how to market businesses properly and what all that means and what I've learned and what I have to learn and what I'd like to learn and who I'd like to learn it from. And how I'd like to proceed on this path of professional photography and marketing. So the Dialogic Podcast is looking at how speech affects people. How we find our values in the conversations we have. How there's an organic unfolding of language in everyday life. And there's a freedom of thought. There's a spontaneity of expression in dialogue that I truly value. So eventually this is going to be more of a conversational podcast. But I think maybe for about the first 50 episodes or so, it's just going to be me. Because I really need to get my, my, my sea legs... I need to be able to captain my own ship and figure out where I want to go. And then exploring different territories, I'll bring on different experts to help me. But first, I just want to get comfortable in this seat here talking to you. And I want you to get used to me, how I speak, the funny things about me, um insights that I have, how I can help, when I can just be funny, 
what I like to do for you. You know, I, I can picture you now. You're getting ready to clean your room. So you throw on some headphones and it's going to be a good 45 minutes of just straightening things out and knocking the dust off and taking out a rug or two. And there's nothing wrong with that, my friend. I'll tell you this right now. If you're not cleaning, you're getting dirtier or you're leaving things dirtier. So cleaning is something that I've come to really value and respect. And that's probably because it's not a strength that's inherent to me. I mean, I'm not a terribly slobbish person. I'm not a complete dirtbag, but let's be honest. It's not at the top of my list, so I have to keep bringing it back to the top of my list because living in this studio as a man alone with a daughter who stays with me three nights a week or two nights a week, depending, it is a very quick path from pretty clean to extremely not clean so it's something I like to foreground because ultimately that's where it all begins you know we have to start thinking about our environment and our environment starts with the space around us and the space around us is in some way a reflection of the space inside of us so if we have you know a chaotic cluttered exterior in some way that's representing the lack of togetherness that's inside of us and so there's something there to to look into there's something there to explore there's something to investigate as to why that is and there's something there to change as well Um, I'm not saying that cleaning your room is going to resolve any of the inner conflicts that you have but you know what it's probably not going to hurt them You know, this is a case-by-case type of scenario. Everyone has their own things that they need to work on, and some people are neat freaks, and they're OCD, and they need to loosen up a little bit. You know, it's not... There's no one right way. But for me, being that I'm a creative person, and I'm very active, and i am always got a thousand ideas bouncing around my head, and... I'm always trying new things, and I have a lot of different projects that are ongoing, and I'm a painter, I'm a photographer, I'm a writer, uh, I do videography, so I have all these processes that create a mess, and even though it's a creative mess, it's still a mess, so I'm trying to figure out how to get a little bit more on top of that game. I promise you, though, this is not just going to be a clean your room podcast, although... I really don't think that you could do enough of that. And just to attribute the uh, source of the clean room movement, of course, it's coming from Jordan Peterson, his 12 rules for life. And some people I know maybe don't like Jordan Peterson. But you know what? You got to clean your room. You got to clean your room, bro. So I wanted to put this uh, podcast in the context of some of the other podcasts that I listened to. I thought that might help to make a little more sense out of why I want to do it, what I want to do. I've uh, wanted to do a podcast for quite some time. And the reason being...
because I found it to be kind of a a cure for the digital media age when things are starting to get snipped into such small pieces and we have such a short attention span. I kind of fell in love with the podcast format with the long form conversational dialogic way of uh, of being as a cultural form I think it's really important and I guess I first got into it with through Charlemagne the God via Breakfast Club and now there's there's a certain amount of controversy surrounding that guy right now and it's uh, unfortunate but probably necessary and it sounds like he might have to do some reckoning with his past and maybe it's not possible maybe things were done that were too awful to reckon with I don't know but that's something that is very alarming and concerning considering that Charlemagne the God has risen into prominence and has become, you know, quite an important voice in the hip-hop media and just in cultural in general. He is a voice who speaks on behalf of empowerment for black people and he has a pretty mature, uplifting point of view and certainly is candid about his past, has never shied away from talking about it, but it looks like his past might be coming back to talk to him. So that's something I'm going to be paying attention to here in the next week or so. But just to give credit where credit is due, if credit is due at all, I started listening to podcasts because of Charlemagne, because... I love hip-hop, and so I would listen to the interviews when people would release an album. They'd go by the Breakfast Club to get interviewed, and that little trifecta is pretty damn funny. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God being kind of the wildest, most, the loosest canon, the sure to have an insulting question to ask the guest. A guy who gave no fucks, a guy who was not afraid to make people uncomfortable. He was the 50 cent of broadcasting. He was a troll. He would call people out. He would jump on your press wagon and set it on fire. For that reason, the guy was very entertaining but then, once I started listening to his podcast that he created with his friend Andrew Schultz called The Brilliant Idiots, I knew there was more to the guy. Now, The Brilliant Idiots is a terrible name, but a great name. And it's something that I identify with a lot, and I always have. I've always been a brilliant idiot ever since I was a young man, since I was in high school. I knew that there were certain things about me that were advanced. There were certain things about me that I tested higher than my friends. And then there were certain things about me 
where I was just plain dumb. Things came easily to my friends in certain ways that they just didn't for me. Hence, the clean your room start to this podcast. Like, that should be the most obvious thing in life is cleaning your room. But for me, I get so caught up in these larger ideas, these grandiose projects and editing and vision boarding and writing and all these other things that I don't take the time just to keep my damn room clean. So I'm a brilliant idiot, and I've always related to that kind of sense of being brilliant but also knowing that I'm an idiot. And it keeps me humble, but it also keeps me going. It keeps me driven to do better and to create more. And yet, I'm so human. I'm all too human in my foibles and my comedy of errors that take place every day. And there's a balance there that I like. And I resonated with that balance when I started listening to the Brilliant Idiots podcast and Sometimes it would get a little annoying because the the intensity of the two hosts at times would clash and particularly Andrew Schultz would get on a high horse thinking that he's right about a topic and he would ride off into the sunset and if anybody came after him he'd be guns a-blazing. But I think they worked through the difficulties of their conversational style online on the air which was pretty amazing and as a result they evolved and they grew through that process and they continue to have a really engaging intriguing fun podcast you know it's like getting together with your friends listening to them has that kind of spontaneous fun feel to it which is something that i really miss You know, I miss those times when you had enough time where you could get together with your friends and just bullshit, hang out, smoke a J, and just riff on whatever's going on in life. I think that's a really important way of building bonds and venting and sharing stories and helping each other to grow. And it's cool that we can do that in a way where... We don't have to be in the same vicinity. We don't even have to know each other, but we could still share that. But of course, I don't want that ever to become a replacement for the real thing. Podcast should never be a replacement for a real relationship. But at the same time, I think a podcast can be a way to start relationships as well. Maybe through podcasting, through this long form of discourse, people are finding other like-minded people who offer value to their lives and new friendships are being forged that's the hope anyways but that's sort of how I got into listening to podcasts and I knew I wanted to do one immediately and so I started working on how I could do one what would be the topic who would I do it with and in talking to people people started to say hey what about Joe Rogan's podcast do you listen to that do you want it to be like that and my initial reaction was You mean the Fear Factor guy? Uh, No, I don't think so. And um, at this point, it's almost shameful to remember that moment in my life where I didn't know that Joe Rogan was who he was, and I thought he was someone he's clearly not. I thought he was more of a shallow meathead kind of 
Hollywood guy who I wouldn't really respect, but that turned out to be far from true, far, far, far from true, because Joe Rogan is the best podcaster to date. I mean, I think possibly Tax Stone has a a bid to be the greatest podcaster of all time, but his career was cut short by an altercation that he was involved in for which he now sits in prison awaiting the trial and perhaps he'll be released and he'll be back out here talking about what's going on in the hip-hop world and he will continue his growth as a podcaster and he may be the best podcaster but Joe Rogan is a whole nother type of animal and now Joe Rogan listening to his podcast, listening to the Joe Rogan experience really got me hooked on podcasts and what podcasts can do. And then on different podcasters. So I owe a great debt of gratitude to Joe Rogan in so many ways. I mean, just the number of hours that he has filled while I was editing photos or cleaning my room. By the way, where do you think I got that cleaning my room idea from? From Russell Peterson on a Joe Rogan podcast. And I know it's not an advanced idea. It's an idea that you teach a little kid. But you know what? Sometimes we we don't get those lessons. We don't internalize them correctly or we grow out of the habit. And so it is just what it is you know is something that we need to be reminded of is something we need to reinstate in our lives this desire to have order this desire to keep things clean this desire to have control over what we can control we live in this time where things seem radically out of control and wildly different than what we're used to and so it's helpful to have any sort of handle any sort of leverage that you can create but Joe Rogan is the leader of what I would call the brovolution and so follow me here for a minute what is the brovolution and who am I speaking to am I speaking to other bros is this for my women friends who is this podcast for and I would say it's for Anyone who's interested in broadcasting, in photography, in digital media. So you don't have to be a man or a woman. Definitely not. But whether you're a man or a woman, trans or straight or gay, queer, bisexual, whatever your gender orientation, your sexual orientation is, might be, will become... The brovolution matters to you. Because, unfortunately, bro culture has been dominant culture. And while there are many other cultures growing, thriving, evolving, and changing the the total scene, there's no mistake that the bro culture 
still has a large part, plays a huge role, has a big influence, both positively and negatively, over the rest of culture. And so, the bro-evolution is something that will benefit everyone. If bros become more evolved, everyone will benefit. And that's not to call out bros as the least developed wave of humans, but it is to say that there's a certain amount of growth that can be achieved within the category of the bro. And that growth I see being achieved via the Joe Rogan podcast. So how does that work? How does he achieve this movement? What is it about Joe Rogan that's creating this movement? Well, first of all, it's his, it's his work ethic. He appeals to the bros because the bros can believe in him because he speaks a similar language that bros have always understood. The language of physical fitness, the language of discipline to achieve certain goals. If there are positive values to the bro, these are them. You must take care of your body if you want to be strong. You have to spend time in the gym. You have to eat right. You have to hydrate yourself. The bro knows about how to get in shape. And the bro knows about fighting. The bro knows about cars. The bro knows about girls. Joe Rogan covers all of these bases. He is a commentator for the UFC, so he knows more about fighting than almost anybody else. This gives him a lot of credibility with the bros. Not only can he fight, but he understands fighting. He talks to all the greatest fighters. He is friends with people who can fight better than any bro would ever dream of fighting. So this experience gives him gives him that believability to the bros. Bro believability is what I'll call it. The bros believe in Joe, and so Joe is able to do some amazing things by having different guests on his podcast. He brings into the discourse of the Joe Rogan experience these radically different ways of seeing the world, you know, and he has such disparate points of view expressed on his podcast that it would be possible to get mad at Joe Rogan from any political perspective known to be. I mean, anybody could get mad at Joe Rogan because of who he's had on his podcast. And that's because he's brought people on from all over the spectrum. So as a result, there's something that everyone could love and something that everyone could hate. But because he's bringing all these different ideas into the same space, people are listening. And people are listening to things that they've never listened to before. Expressly, bros. Bros are listening to things that they've never heard before. And it's having an effect. It's opening the minds of certain bros 
and bros are evolving. Now, it's not a perfect bro-evolution. Joe Rogan himself has certain things about which he is stuck. And Joe Rogan is not a perfect man. He doesn't have a perfect point of view. And he knows that. That's one of the things that's great about him is that he's open to growth. He wants to improve. So if he can find an area where he's wrong, he embraces that because he knows that by improving that area of thought, he'll have a stronger outlook overall, which is why he brings people on who challenge him, who get him to think about things in a different way. And, uh, because he has the respect of all these guys and women, men and women, he is able to open a lot of minds. So when, at first, I thought so little of Joe Rogan, now I think the world of him. And uh, that, to me, is a very telling shift. And it's such, it's a shift that is super important to me because for one thing it just shows you what research will do and how little we understand the world around us and how wrong we are about it now this is a culture that's not in any way foreign to me I knew Joe Rogan because I knew Fear Factor I knew that he was the guy who was having people eat weird horse semen things on Fear Factor. And so there's nothing about him that I don't understand. It's not like, who is this guy? Where is he coming from? No, no, that wasn't it at all. But because... I had such a wrong opinion of him. It just shows me that even within my own culture, where I have a keen understanding of how things work, of what they mean, I could be totally wrong. I mean, absolutely wrong. Because I thought Joe Rogan was just bro. I didn't understand the bro-volution part. Now, that makes me pause for a second to think. There are lots of other cultures that I know very little about. And what is it in those cultures that I'm failing to see? What is it in other cultures that has me confused? We're looking the wrong way. <coughs> So that's one of the great values I've received from doing a little bit of research in the podcast is it's helped me to realize how little I understand about the world, how wrong I have been, how wrong I can be. And so it helps me to keep an open mind. Even when I have a PhD, I have a BFA, I have certain degrees, you know, I've spent a lot of time researching, studying, thinking, writing, 
in dialogue and discourse. And still, there's no way outside of your own prejudices except to expose yourself to ideas that you don't value or you don't agree with or you don't think are right. And by doing that, you may find that you're wrong. You may find that you're not wrong about everything, but that's where the growth that's where the growth happens. So that's one of the places to look. Where are you unsure or where are you certain about something to the point that you might be wrong? And so that's that's one of the big reasons why I'm a huge advocate of Joe Rogan, even if his politics are a little bit curious at times. I don't know exactly where he stands when he talks to different people. He can change a little bit. And I can understand, well, I can understand why anybody would be frustrated with him or not not like him necessarily. But at the same time, I think everybody likes him too. He has that dynamism that achieves that. Well, it's through Joe Rogan also that I've learned about the other podcasts that I listen to who are also involved in the Brovolution. But basically, actually, I would have to divide it into two halves. And there is sort of a... I don't want to say it's a segregation, but it is cultural division in these podcasts. I mean, it's more like there are groups of podcasts and eventually maybe they will blend into each other. But I would say that there's like a few different main groups of podcasts. One is a group of comedians, the stand-up comics. That would be like well, Joe Rogan is a stand-up comic. You know, Bill Burr has a podcast. Chris D'Elia, Tom Segura, Christina Pazitsky, they have a podcast together. Theo Vaughn, The Fighter and the Kid, Brian Kellen and Brendan Schaub, they have a podcast. Um, and these are all, Burt Kreischer, these are all comedians who are opening their their lives and their minds up to the audience so that they can sell more tickets, basically, but also so that they can get to know people better, have people get to know them better. I think it's one of the smartest things comedians have ever done, and I think it's one of the best the best f- forms for a comedian. For example, if you watch Chris D'Elia's specials they're all really funny and they're all definitely worth watching but if you listen to his podcast it makes them that much funnier you get to see a lot more of his personality his quirks his foibles his little eccentricities and and then you you understand what he would call his wavelength better so then when you watch him in his professional context, it's just that much funnier because you understand who the guy is behind the act a little bit. I'm not saying that the podcast isn't an act as well, because it is, but there's just more time spent with a mind 
gives you greater insight into how that mind works. So when he's doing something particularly amazing, like the acrobatics of comedy, you you appreciate it more because you know what it took. You know who that person is. So there's a group of comics, and basically I would say I learned about all of them through Joe Rogan. Uh, now there's a second group of podcasts that are more connected to hip-hop culture. That would be The Brilliant Idiots with uh, Charlemagne the God and Andrew Schultz. It's the Joe Budden podcast is another great one. And uh, both of them are also involved in the Brovolution. Now what's happening with Charlemagne in the Brilliant, the Brilliant Idiots podcast is basically a perfect example of that. You know, and it's it's curious to see, since Charlemagne is one of those people who has been actively advocating for the evolution of what it means to be a man. I mean, that's part of his whole idea. That's a huge part of his motivation, and that's what he does as a thinker, is he gets people engaged with the concept of what it means to be a man, what it used to mean to be a man, how things are changing and where they could go. So they've spoken a lot about rape culture and the way men and women interacted in the not too distant past and, you know, and a desire to change that, a desire to have a better culture between men and women. So he's definitely an advocate for the revolution. But the Joe Budden podcast is that too, because Joe Budden is a hip-hop artist who's evolved into a media figure, and his conversations with his friends Maul and Rory always have this element of who are we becoming, what don't we want to lose, what can we look forward to, how can we do better, you know, and it's like Rory's the white kid with a lot of enthusiasm who is a hip-hop head and worked his way into the industry. So he has a ton of insight into how things work and a ton of enthusiasm and motivation to get shit done. Then you got Maul, who is the little brother of Kareem Biggs, the co-founder of Rockefeller. So he grew up as kind of hip-hop royalty, watching his brother create one of the largest, most successful music labels in history. So nothing can really shock Maul. And then you got Joe, who's a controversial... Uh, Joe's always been about the pro-evolution. He's always been emotional. He's always talked about mental illness. He's always talked about what's going on in his life, in his mind. And he's been a, a huge advocate for people working on themselves. And he's been outspoken against a lot of the bullshit that happens in the music industry. And he's called people out. He's 
set a sort of standard, ethical standard for what is worth talking about and what should just be relegated to the dustbin of history. In his words, what is trash? And, uh, yeah, so it's interesting how these separate groups are doing some of the same things. I mean, the hip-hop podcasts obviously have the topic of hip-hop to talk about. The comedy podcasts are more, you know, current events with a, with a comedic flair. But really what they're all doing is promoting personal development and and better communication skills and desire to learn so those are the podcasts that I listen to as well as a group of professionally oriented podcasts um, I listen to the copy blogger podcast I listen to story brand podcast and these are podcasts that are geared towards marketers sometimes I listen to the gold digger podcast I listen to the social media examiner podcast and these are interviews I listen to the twip this week in photography I listen to the Lynn shark podcast and these are all good ways to stay up with what's going on in the industry you know, lots of helpful tips and tactics from copy blogger about how to write compelling copy how to how to design your life so that your best writing can happen how to sell your writing really important topics and uh yeah so just wanted to take a little time today to put this podcast in the context of of the other podcasts that I like and to set the groundwork for talking about the Brovolution. And uh, yeah, I listened to the last podcast episode and it was very cringeworthy, but you know what? I think I have to continue to tell that story with less emotion. I think that the first time I just have talked about it in so long, my experience going through graduate school and what my options were when I finished, you know, there's there's some pain, there's some raw nerves there. But it's something that I've got to talk about, I've got to work on, and... I will continue to that subject, hopefully from a more resolved point of view. So that's something I'm working on. I will be talking to you more about that in the future. But I want to be more fair and balanced in my approach and less emotional. But uh, it's a good thing, too, to be emotional sometimes. It shows that you care, and certainly I do. So... Anyways, I love you folks for listening. Anyone who is listening, thank you very much. Tell your friends. And, you know, don't tell your friends. Let's let this be something small for a while 
and you know, I'll just be like a uh, independent band forming, and people who like to listen to me will know that there are very few others out there listening to me until eventually one day I get a little bit of traction, and then the next day, what do you know, I'm on Joe Rogan's podcast, and you guys are calling me a sellout. Let's just hope that day comes. So all you Dialogic listeners out there, thank you very much, and I will be back next week, and if not sooner, because I want to, I want to get through a bunch of these podcasts so I can get my rhythm and get my flow and get on going. All right, folks, peace.